Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Heel Turn, our live weekly wrestling show and the official podcast of ProWrestling.Cool. It's not just cool, it's not cool. We're here to talk about this past week in professional wrestling. And boy, was it a week. So, what we're going to talk about is Raw, SmackDown Live, NXT, NXT UK... We're not going to have a 205 Live or the Mixed Match Challenge. Uh, we're going to talk about a lot of other things going on. The Mayo Classic happened. And, uh, yeah, there's a lot of wrestling going on. And we're going to cover as much of it as we can. We are streaming this live over on Twitch at twitch.tv slash ozoneonline. So, if you're not tuning in live, then you're tuning to the podcast version. Get in here. Get in the live audience. Be able to interact with the show. And, and don't be a jerk if you're in the chat. That's all I ask. So, if you're in the chat, send questions. And if you're on the tweet zone, tweet at the heel turn. And I'll get to the, your comments and questions as I am able to. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another week. It, it's been a week. Not just as a wrestling journalist. But also just... In general. Because. You may not know this. But next week. I will be leaving the country. Not not for good. Not for good. Don't don't be alarmed. But I am heading o- over to London. And not, not for NXT UK. But. And, and not for progress. Though if they have shows. While I'm there. I wouldn't be against going to them. But uh, for American football is happening over there. My team's going. I'm going to head over there, spend a week. So next week, the schedule is going to be a little weird. Like, we're not going to have Heel Turn live on Wednesday. But instead, we're going to push it back to the Tuesday. And then the week after, I'm not quite sure how we're going to handle that. Because I'll be coming back some point Wednesday. So either I'll record a podcast... What from the UK, or I will do. I don't know, we'll figure that out when we get to that road. Point is, next week will be a Tuesday show, and we'll just focus on WWE Evolution and the preview for that show. So, there's a little thing off the top. Aside from that, you know, because of the whole trip, I've been having to uh spend the last few days kind of uh just. Podcasting nonstop. Gotta had the reserves all set to go so that everything else stays on schedule. Because unlike Heel Turn, the other podcasts aren't live. Shocking, I know. Not all podcasts are live, but yeah, I've been recording a bunch of I'd rather not in the Takes Bakery with my good friends. So those will be going up on the Fridays as usual. No have to worry about that. It's just this show that's going to be going through some weird stuff with the whole traveling. So stay tuned at uh, ProWrestling.Cool and at PWDOTC and The Heel Turn on Twitter. And you'll, you'll get updates as we figure all this out. So, like I said, it's it's been a busy week. So we should probably move over to talk about the news.
only have two real big news stories this week. The first one being that Kevin Owens went and had his knee surgery. And uh, initial reports were, eh, it's not a big deal. He's going to get the knee surgery and he won't be gone for long. But then he tweeted out a photo of the knee surgery results. And uh, yeah, he had both knees done. Both knees had surgery. Big old casts on him. So I don't think he's going to be gone for just a short amount of time with that. So KO had double double knee surgery. He was going to be out for quite a while. If you've been following the, the MMC, he got replaced because he's, he's he's gone. He's gone now. Him and his buddy Sami Zayn are gone for the time being from WWE programming. So, I may think Kevin Owens is a jerk as a character, but I wish Kevin Owens the person... Uh, speedy recovery, and uh, get back here. We're, we're going to miss you. Then, the other news story. Ah, this one's going to be hard to cover, because if you follow wrestling... Alright, if you follow any news, this has been talked to uh, talked about to death. But... WWE is having a show in a couple weeks in uh, the Kingdom of Saudi Arabia called Crown Jewel. And recently, a journalist was murdered probably by the Saudi government. And it's a big, like, big fucking deal. This is very bad. King of Saudi Arabia is the absolute worst, not just for how they treat women, but how they treat pretty much everyone. So this has been a big deal. A bunch of companies have been pulling out of deals with Saudi Arabia, including Endeavor, which uh, has a, a a stake in the UFC. So, uh, Saudi Arabia was originally going to get a piece of the UFC, like, up to 10%, but that's not happening anymore. Other companies are pulling out from, uh, deals with Saudi Arabia as well, citing ethics are more important than just dollars, which is, you know, fucking crazy when you think about how businesses are. But yet, in the current climate, perhaps this is... A good thing. That they actually have some ethics in them. But not the WWE. The WWE is continuing to do the show. Despite all of this backlash. And despite the fact that senators are asking them to not do it. They're still going to do it. And uh, their response to all this controversy has been... Well, we're going to monitor the situation. And also, we're going to keep promoting this show on our TV this week, but not say the location. Despite the fact that weeks before, they just had to tell you how much of a big deal it is that they're going to be in the Kingdom of Saudi Arabia. Oh, boy. This is all a nightmare. This is all terrible. JBL's on Fox Business trying to justify this. 
Randy Orton's out there trying to justify this. It's it's not a good look. This is awful. I applaud the crowd in Washington on Tuesday for booing every reference to Crown Jewel. The the crowd on Monday just didn't give a fuck. Like there was a smattering of boos, but in general, the crowd just didn't give a f- give a fuck about the show because it's Monday Night Raw, and, and we're gonna get to that in a bit. But I just this is a tough situation for Pro Wrestling Cool as we cover WWE here. Like that's our main focus. We do New Japan as well, but. WWE is our bread and butter, and this show is happening in a few weeks, and there's a lot of big matches on it, and a big tournament, and we should probably cover it, but I am going to go ahead and say, no, we're, we're not going to cover this show. So if you're looking for us to me to give predictions... Or do a recap in the coming weeks for Crown Jewel. Unless they grow a pair of balls and they do something about it. That, that, that ain't gonna happen here. We, we have more of an ethical stance than WWE does. So, we'll continue to cover the weekly TV and all this build-up to this show. But we ain't gonna cover the actual show because fuck that. Hell, I'm not even gonna watch it. Why should I? It's just going to be propaganda for these horrible, horrible people. So, good, good job, WWE. You're making it real fucking hard to be a wrestling fan when you pull the shit like this. Step up. Grow a set. Do the right thing. Either move, postpone, or cancel the show. The choice is yours, and you're and you're running out of time. But we, but we both know you're you're not gonna do it. You're not gonna do anything. You're just gonna put the show on as usual. Do your propaganda about how great the government is and how progressive things are now. Like I, I'm worried about the WWE talent. Like not just the on-screen talent, but the workers going over there. They might just get killed for no reason. Because apparently that's the thing that happens with Saudi Arabia now. They just kill outside people. Because they feel like it. They have bone saws just at the ready. It's, it's, uh, it's bad. I, I could go deeper into the political stuff, but... One, I am not equipped for that. And two, the person who would be equipped on this show is not here. Rest in peace. So yeah, that that's my stance. Fuck Crown Jewel. Ain't gonna cover it on this show. Find find another place. And if you're if you're a fan of us, you probably shouldn't watch it either. I mean, you 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 live your life the way you want, but I I just have it's just a really poor taste. Just real bad. So that's it. That's uh I'm going to stop 
try st- staying on my soapbox for the rest of this episode and just cover the show as normal with them promoting a pay-per-view live on the WWE Network. Don't know where it's going to be. But that's I just wanted to get my opinions out there for you and let you know this is not okay. And while we're still covering WWE, this is not a thing that we're going to support or report. All right. So, uh, screw you, Saudi Arabia. Let's move on. Let's talk about this week's television. That happened here on WWE. And the first one being uh, Monday Night Raw, which emanated from the Wells Fargo Center in Philadelphia. Wait a minute. That's my city. It's, it's, I, I'm in Philadelphia. What, what Did I go to this show? Would I subject myself to spending three hours... Watching Monday Night Raw without a DVR or being able to just watch it in clip form? No, of course not. I didn't stay there for three hours. But I went because uh, the day of the show, I checked StubHub just for shits and giggles and said, eh, let's see if, if how the tickets are. I'm not doing anything tonight. It's a Monday. And uh, front row... In the lower bowl of the arena was like thirteen dollars, and I'm like, thirteen dollars, I can go get a drink, I can go get a beer, get some food, just hang out, see, get a a feel for the environment of what this audience is gonna, you know, react to the show. Because I hadn't been to a raw in, well, technically I was at raw in January. With our, our pal Oscar, but I was blackout drunk, so I don't remember any of it. Then I guess that doesn't count, does it? Before that, it was a couple years ago I went, where I almost fell asleep because it's a really long show and not very good. And uh, wouldn't you know it, this show was very long and not very good. But I paid $13, so I don't care. So what? How I handled it was I hung out, drank, ate some food, watched about two hours of Monday Night Raw, and then I left. Which is funny because uh, there was this family that was sitting next to me, and uh, the mom turned to me about an hour and a half into the show and asked me if I knew what time the show would end, and I said a little after eleven. Uh, she did not like that answer. And they promptly left after that. So, uh, so I had a bunch of empty seats next to me. It made it really easy to leave. Because I didn't really have to get in people's way. But yeah, that's... That's the Monday Night Raw experience. Eh. Uh, the crowd was dead for a lot of the show, too. Like... It wasn't just me, I it just wasn't very good because even you know some people say the Drew McIntyre Seth Rollins match was good. And I'm sure it was, but it was very long. 
and we were just waiting for the part where they heated up at, for the last five minutes and we got a decision. Which was a count out. So, it felt like watching one match for a long period of time in person, which where they're just padding it out to get to the end is not great. And kicking the show off with a promo segment, and then that, not 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 helpful. And uh, the point that I knew that I was leaving the show was after I had seen McIntyre and Rollins fight and Ambrose and Ziggler fight, and then being told there was to be a six-man tag made event with those two, with those uh, four plus the other two. I was like, no. I don't, and, and you've already done this match like three times in the last week or so. I I don't need that. No one needs that. I'm just going to go home and get home in a decent hour on a Monday because it's a Monday night. That's the other thing people don't realize. Raw is a, like, most people work all day and Mondays are rough enough. Then having to spend three hours in the arena until like a past 11 o'clock well, on, on the East Coast at least no the, if you can't expect the crowd to be hot for all that like hell the, uh, the Leo Rush segment like he got some decent heat the previous week this week couldn't couldn't give a damn couldn't give a damn to what he was saying his lashy bit fell flat we were like uh, it's you're going to fight Tyler Breeze. I wonder who's going to win. Whoop-de-doo. You're just going to keep egging us on until we react, but we're not going to because we don't play that game. Yeah. I will tell you the two uh, the two highlights from being at Raw, though, was uh, I know that on TV it didn't come off well, but... Uh, the Trish and Lita segment where they cut a pro, they they pretty much did the Allen Iverson uh, practice bit, got a pretty decent reaction from the crowd. Oddly enough, when they came out and the rest of the segment was it was completely dead. Weird, I, like you would think that Trish and Lita are big names, but this crowd did not care because we're already dying. Watching this very long episode of Raw. So we just sat on our, on our hands and just watched these women cut another promo. Because it was all promos all the time. Plus we already had a better promo earlier in the night. Because we had Ronda Rousey and the Bella Twins. And this was interesting because the crowd was kind of mixed on Ronda with the majority hating her. But by the end of this segment, they successfully turned it around and everyone was pro-Ronda, myself included. Which I should be because she and I are technically BFFs. That's the that's the law. When you high-five someone, you become BFFs. Don't, don't fact-check me. It's just science. So we had the segment with the, the Bellas. The Bellas taking credit for the whole evolution and, you know, making the name Diva actually mean something 
and the reality show bringing in people. And Ronda Rousey uh, talking about how she's been, you know, paving the way, not just in WWE, but in Strike Force and in UFC. And then said the line about the only door Nikki has kicked down is John Cena's bedroom. And that got the best pop of the night, and it was awesome. <laughs> oh, oh man, I I popped for it. It was that was a good line. It was a it was a it was a good segment. It got everyone behind Ronda. I'm sure the match will be terrible, but this was fun at least. And that that was pretty much my experience with Raw. Um, it was the only reason I stuck around till a little after ten was they had teased uh, having Kurt Angle be in. A handicap match against the Alters of Pain. And then con- the Conquistador came out, and it did not look like Kurt Angle at all. And I was disappointed because I wanted to see Kurt Angle wrestle. But of course, the Pittsburgh guy lets me down. What can you do? The other, uh, one, one more uh, thing of note that happened on Raw was that uh, Tamina came back just in time for the. Uh, the all-women's pay-per-view, and she switched brands for reasons. And also, Sasha Banks came back, which I missed because I left, and main roster Sasha Banks is terrible, so I didn't really lose anything there. I've already seen peak Sasha, which was her match at TakeOver Brooklyn against Bayley. So I was I was fine with this. I think last time I saw Sasha Banks in person, she... Almost died fighting Charlotte's at SummerSlam. Yeah, so I didn't miss much. That's my recommendation. Get if Raw's in your town and you really are considering considering going, get cheap seats. Watch until you've had enough, and then just leave. I got home in time to watch the end of the main event on TV. That was fine. I didn't miss anything. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, also, uh, they announced that the next show in Philly was going to be a Raw in March, and I got so mad. I actually yelled, oh god damn it, in the crowd, because... I want SmackDown. Why, why can't they just have SmackDown in Philadelphia? It's the better show. This week's SmackDown was be- way better than Raw. And uh, the crowd was actually, you know... Lively because it was a good show, and it was SmackDown 1000. So let's pivot over and talk about SmackDown. SmackDown 1000 started off with the Truth TV and our Truth being weird as hell, and it was excellent. the The McMahon's came out, Shane and uh, Stephanie, and then Vince came out. And, uh, they all danced, because, why not? Let's ignore Saudi Arabia and just dance away. Pretty, pretty, uh, pretty symbolic there. Other, uh, big things that happened were, uh, Johnny Ace showing up in a backstage segment. Mr. People Power himself, my favorite 
general manager of SmackDown and also Raw. Wish we could have got more of him, but this show was uh, had some pacing issues. We should say I'll uh, I'll bring that up at the end. We had uh, an, a reunion of Evolution for some reason. I guess as just as excuse to have Batista show up because we had Randy Orton being in the group and also trying to maintain that he has the character where he hates everyone people like. It was weird. Ric Flair just wooing. And then Batista, you know, cutting a really long-winded and weird promo. Putting uh, people over, making fun of Ric Flair for, you know, having his dick out all the time. And then pretty much calling out that Triple H never be- has never beaten him in a match. Which will likely set up a match at WrestleMania. So I thought it was effective. It was good to see Batista back. He referenced both Blue Tista and Bootista. So bonus points for that. I like Batista. And now that he doesn't have to worry about Guardians of the Galaxy anymore, he's got free time to do WrestleMania. Why not? As long as he's not, you know, getting in the way of let's say, a, a Daniel Bryan, then be on the show. Go for, go for it, Batista. Uh, we had a Cutting Edge segment with Edge uh, trying to talk sense into Becky Lynch. Which, by the way, when Edge came out, uh, Tony Chimmel call, uh, did the uh, introduction, as you do. I'm pretty sure Tony just lives in Edge's basement and just follows him around to do introductions wherever he goes. And uh, this was a weird segment because Edge was being an old, sad, friendless guy. Talking about how, yeah, I I wasn't supposed to be on the posters and have the title and be in the main event, but I... I pretty much drew everyone under the bus to do it, and now I have no friends, and look back and I'm sad, and I hate myself. And Becky says, uh, yeah, the thing is, though, I love who I am now, and you're an old, washed-up guy, and don't hurt your neck on the ropes on the way out. Like, Jesus Christ, Becky is the best. And the crowd popped big for her and booed Charlotte when she came out because Becky is untouchable. You can keep trying to get us to boo her. It only makes us cheer her louder. And I don't... I'm I'm pretty sure that's not their intention. And they're just trying their best to throw everything at us. Even Edge. And we'll still cheer Becky over him. It was impressive. Definitely uh, find that on YouTube and give it a watch because Becky continues to be the best. We had a a tag title match between The Bar and The New Day on SmackDown because apparently all the former GMs got together backstage and came up with this instead of Teddy Long doing it. 
They should just have Teddy Long do it. Tag, tag matches is his thing. Just have Teddy Long come out and say a tag match, player, and it would have worked. But uh, the big the big story coming out of this match is that big the Big Show showed up and uh, did the thing that that Big Show does, which was you know made sense for an anniversary show, and he turned heel, and he cost the New Day the, the tag belts. And uh, the weird thing is that at the end of this, the uh, the bar were pointing at Big Show while he held up both belts. And uh, are they freebirding it? And is Big Show now a tag champion? Is, is that how this works? I'm not entirely sure. I think in the coming weeks, we should probably get an answer on that. And I'm going to lean toward yes. Because why not? Big Show's good. Let let him wrestle some tag matches. So yeah, with all this good stuff happening on uh, SmackDown 1000, the biggest problem was that it was a two-hour show. And I know what you're thinking. You just talked about how three hours was too much for Raw, and it was bad. But this was a special show where they're cramming in a bunch of nostalgia... And they already have trouble fitting everything into SmackDown. So this made it way worse. With the Miz-Rusev match to qualify for the World Cup lasting like two minutes. And the match with Nakamura and Rey Mysterio, which was the big main event, only lasting a few minutes as well. Like, I wanted that match to have plenty of time, but couldn't do that. And then, of course... The advertised appearance by The Undertaker was four minutes of him getting into the ring, him saying two sentences about DX, and then leaving. What? It's... I... I don't know. It, it's, it's a, it was weird. The pacing was way off, and I wish they would have had more of an opportunity to fit in all of the... Uh, the nostalgia bits and have the the current guys have decent matches to showcase. Here's the past and here's the present and why you should stick around next week. And we didn't really get that. But yeah, in general, though, it was a good episode. And I'm I'm happy. The two hours flew by. Wish wish I would have gotten that one here instead of Raw. But they're never going to do Raw here. I mean, they're never going to do SmackDown here. Only Raw. Uh. Oh, also, uh, today the uh, the NXT UK uh, debuted. And here's the thing. There's too much goddamn wrestling. I didn't have time to watch it. So I watched the first match with uh, Mark Andrews and Joe Coffey. And that was really good. I think the Coffee Brothers are gonna be a force to be reckoned with in uh, in NXT UK, and I was really impressed with that. Uh, you know, Flash Morgan is still a weird, cool guy, but he just pretty much did a, sa- a run and save, so didn't see a lot of him. Uh, 
But apparently Mustache Mountain were on the show as well, and Pete Dunne defended his title against Noam Dar. So, I'm, I'm sure it's good. It's just, I don't have the time to watch all this wrestling. If I had, like, a co-host who I could split the... I could split up responsibilities with, and we both watch, like, at least half of the wrestling, it could possibly work, but... Just one man, guys. Give me give me a break. I'll, I'll probably end up watching it later in the week. But... Now, we're gonna have to pivot the show to the next bit, where is I do, uh... The reviews of uh, the wrestling that was on tonight, on Wednesday. And we start off with NXT. This was a, uh, a solid episode of NXT this week. And it was it, it was billed as a, uh, a double main event. And... How they handled the double main event is that they bookend the show with the two matches. So first up we had, for the NXT tag titles, the Undisputed Era defending against the War Raiders. Uh, the War Raiders uh, chant war while uh, putting up the horns during their entrance, and that was cool. Uh, for the Undisputed Era's entrance, uh, Kyle Riley still does the air guitar. But now, it's not just Adam Cole that does something to the boom of the music. When it goes boom, O'Reilly and Strong point at each other on the top uh, on top of the turnbuckles. That was cool. Uh, so this match, uh, it shows that the War Raiders are strong as hell. But uh, O'Reilly and Strong try to work together to combat it, you know. Both trying to be in the ring and cause chaos, but didn't didn't quite work out the way they wanted it to. Eventually, the Undisputed Era do get the advantage when they work on Hanson's leg. It's kind of similar to what they did to Trent Seven when they fought Mustache Mountain. And uh but when Hanson was able to tag out the War Raiders just got their advantage back and started beating the crap out of the Undisputed Era. But the match ended when the rest of Undisputed Era came out. And by that, I mean Adam Cole and the returning Bobby Fish, who has a big old metal leg brace, but also has a big old metal chair and beat the shit out of the, uh, beat the, shit out of the War Raiders with it. And it was excellent. Good to see Bobby Fish finally back. The Undisputed Era are whole once again. And because of the DQ, they get to retain the belts. And I'm sure this will set up to some sort of match at TakeOver War Games. After this, we had uh, Britt Baker versus Shayna Baszler. And the first thing I wrote is, oh shit, it's Britt Britt Baker, and she has her dentist gimmick. Because last time I saw Britt Baker was at All In. And now she's uh, hanging out in NXT with her, uh, I want to say boyfriend. They they might be married. I, I don't look into wrestlers' personal lives too much. But that was cool. But then... 
Shayna Baszler came out and killed her. She uh, did that stomp thing she does where she pretty much breaks your arm and she broke broke uh, Britt's arm. And uh, Mara called her Britt Baker, Britt Breaker, and that was bad. Shame on you, Mara. Uh, yeah, so Britt was crying, and they had to call off the match because uh, her arm was broken. And as the medical people were attending to her, Shayna ran back over and uh, knocked her out. As as she does. So yeah, that was a good promotion of uh, Shayna Baszler being a badass, heading into Evolution. And also getting to see Britt Baker, which was a nice surprise. After that, Regal's in his office. Uh, he doesn't know if Nikki actually knows anything, because she keeps talking about how she knows who did the attack on Alistair Black. But uh, Regal needs to get answers soon, because uh, Black's due back any time now. And if he gets here without the answers, uh, it's going to be trouble. So he'll talk to Nikki Cross after her match tonight in the main event. We get uh, Tian Bing and Rocky taking on Oni Lorcan and Danny Birch. Tian Bing, if you don't know, is uh, the guy they signed a while ago as the first Chinese-born uh, superstar in WWE. And uh, these two have cool music, and uh, they're fine. The match was pretty much to set up Oni Lorcan and Danny Birch as... Beans, the big superstars. The crowd chanting one two for them. And uh Yep, they hit an implant DT and they win. Oh well. It's good I love I love these guys, but this was not a big deal match for them. Then we get to the main event, which is Bianca Belair versus Nikki Cross. Match starts off as pure chaos, just diving out of the ring and just beating the hell out of each other. And then slows down into a regular match with Bianca putting on a headlock and just slowing things down. By the way, during this match, uh, Bianca has like these uh, glittery pants. And by the end of it, that glitter was everywhere. It was all over the ring, it was all over Nikki. It was just a disaster. And I will laugh if it continues to be everywhere for the next few episodes of NXT. Unless this was the uh, the last of a taping. Which it might have been. I'm not sure. Uh, Bianca just obliterates Nikki's face with a forearm. Like, holy shit. Like, pretty much knocks her out. And, uh, Bianca continues to be super impressive when she does a deadlift sit-out powerbomb, which, uh, is her finisher, the Bel Air bomb. But it's a kick-out for two. What? Bel Air lifts cross over her head to showboat, but Nikki slips out into a sleeper, and then hits a, scr- a scorpion death drop. It's another two! What? Crazy. Nikki goes off the top rope, 
but eats a hair whip to the midsection, and it makes a real bad noise, like a big old crack, because uh, that hair whip is dangerous. I, I, I'm always happy to see when she uses that. Uh, Cross hits a superplex, and then the lights go out. When the lights come, and, and uh, you hear Alistair Black's music, and when the lights come back up, uh, Bianca's gone, and uh, there's Alistair Black sitting in the ring, cross-legged, just staring. Uh, the crowd starts chanting, uh, Nikki. Uh, well, first they chant, holy shit, because, yeah... And then they start chanting, Nikki's got a secret. While Nikki's rolling around the ring. Alistair is just very stoic. Uh, just... Like, kind of tells her to come over, you know, with the hand gesture. And uh, she slowly makes her way over to uh, Alistair Black. And he just says, Tell me. So... She goes over and whispers into his ear something. And Alistair just starts shaking and, like, fuming. Like, kind of, like, about to combust. And uh, Nikki just kind of smiles and leaves. And, uh, that's how the show ends. With Alistair Black apparently getting the answer and being real fucking pissed off about it. Who is it? Who, who attacked Alistair Black? I don't know. I bet if I look up the uh, what the card is for NXT Takeover War Games, I get an answer. Let's let's do that. I'm not gonna say what it is, but I'm gonna see if the answer is there. Uh, nope. See, that's take that's the other Takeover War Games. It's uh, Philadelphia, Chicago. Huh. There is no page. For, uh, the next, uh, takeover. So, guess we don't have an answer. Guess we'll just have to tune in next week to find out what, who the hell attacked Alistair Black. It wasn't me. Maybe it was Scott Steiner. That guy's been all over the place. Just murdering people. But that was, yeah, that was NXT, and it was a, um, Pretty much a two-match show, but it was... Those two matches were good. It's a shame that the title match uh, didn't have a finish, really, but it did set up th- things for the future with uh, Bobby Fish coming back, which means I bet on Disputed Era or in a War Games match again. And maybe they'll, it'll be f- teams of four, unless Adam Cole's busy doing something else. Yeah, it was, it was good. Match of the night clearly was Nikki and Bianca. Even though that one also didn't have a finish, so... I don't know. It's just still enjoyable, unless you like matches that haven't... That don't have end... Unless you don't like matches without endings. It's a, it, was, it was a solid episode. Very eventful. And speaking of eventful... The Mayon Classic this week were the quarterfinals. And by that I mean it was all of the all four of the quarterfinal matches. Because 
Evolution is next week, and we need to get two two uh, women to uh, decide who's going to win the tournament at Evolution. So quarterfinals this week, semis next week, and as I had said, I won't be able to cover that, even though I know who the last two are in the in the tournament. But yeah, unfortunately, I will not be able to cover the the semifinals here on the show due to the recording schedule. But it's fine. We'll talk about these matches because these matches were really good. Well, th- three of them were really good. One of them was just upsetting. So the first match we had was Lacey Lane versus um, Miko Satamoro. Um, Satamora. And uh, Cole immediately sells this as if Lacey Lane wins this. It'll be the biggest upset in the history of professional wrestling. And then he pauses and says, in terms of a women's tournament. What? Very oddly specific, Cole. What are you doing? You should have just stuck to your guns and said this is the greatest night in the history of our sport. But, oh well. So, uh, yeah, Lane uh, tries to go toe-to-toe with uh, Miko, but, uh, yeah, she's like a freaking Japanese legend who just murders people with strong style. You, you shouldn't do that. But uh, she she held her own at first, and uh, Miko tried to shake her hand. But when Lacey Lane declined to do so, she got a nice kick to the head. Just don't disrespect the legend. What's wrong with you? I point I write down here that Miko's kicks are super vicious because Jesus, they look like they are gonna lay out this poor girl. Uh, Miko gets an armbar in, but Lane eventually gets to the ropes. Uh, then uh, gets another kick in the in the uh, stomach for her troubles, because Miko's got all the kicks. After Lane, uh, you know, starts firing up and you know, doing running forearms into the corner, uh, Miko's like, you know what? Screw this! I'm gonna hit a Death Valley driver and pin you, which she did in relatively quick fashion and she moves on she's been dominating she continues to dominate this was a short but a good match I hope that Lacey Lane gets signed to NXT because she has a lot of potential and she lives in Winter Park which is where Full Sail is so why not after that an exciting match of Io Shirai versus Diana Perrazzo. I point out that Io's mask is still cool, even though she doesn't wrestle in it. The match starts off slow and technical, with lots of holds and locks before things start to pick up. It's a fairly even back-and-forth match. Like, nothing really to point out, like, specifically, but it was... It was good. It was even. It was. It was a decent match. In the middle area. Uh, 
Diana gets uh, Eo into an armbar, but uh, she turns into a pin. So uh, she has to, you know, get her own shoulders off the mat, which leaves an opening for Eo to hit a crossface. And uh, then Diana turns that into a pin, and she has to break it off. So that was a a, a good sequence of uh, both of them trying to hit finishers and uh, having the momentum pushed upon them, so they have to actually break the move themselves. It was good. Then Eo just hit the six one nine and a, and a missile drop kick for no reason. Like what? Like Rey Mysterio just came back. I guess that works, even though this was taped way before that. Sure. Uh, after that, uh, Diana does, does her own tribute and hits three German suplexes. And gets a two count. But immediately out of the kick out, it turns into an arm bar! And we go back into the thing where she does the arm bar, which gets turned into a pin, and she breaks it up and turns it into a crossface. But this time, instead of uh, Deanna turning that into a pin, uh, she just gets out of it. And uh, that was a mistake, because Eo just hits her with a uh, knee to the face. There's a du- the double running knees or the Meteora into the corner, hits her moonsault, and picks up the win. Eo Shirai moves on. Deanna had a really good tournament. So, good for her. Then we had, oh boy, Tegan Knox against Rhea Ripley. Don't really need to go deep into this one because right off the get-go, Tegan goes for the uh, the suicide dive onto the ramp and injures her knee that's not in a brace, and it. It's not so upsetting because she tries to continue the match and it goes for a bit, but she clearly can't go. Like she waves off the doctor early on and just just gives out, and she's just crying. And it's they have to throw up the X and just end the match. It's it's just so upsetting because she works so hard after injuring her knee to, to not be able to be in the tournament last year, and then her other knee giving out. Right in the quarterfinals. It's just... just not fair. For her, this this poor young girl. I hope that... Uh, I hope she's able to recover. And I hope... Even if she doesn't... You know... Get into another Mayon Classic. She, that she gets signed to WWE. I think she might actually already be signed. I'm not sure. But... She needs to... Have a rocket strapped to her. If she's able to recover... And, you know, be given an, an actual opportunity to succeed. It's just such a, a bummer. I like Rhea Ripley, but this just was not good. It was just so, just a bummer. Then the final quarterfinals match of the tournament Mia Yim versus Tony Storm. Mia has a brutal submission on Storm where she bends her back like backwards on while she's like has her knees up 
kind of like you know she's in like a a ball on the on the ground, but is pulling her pulling Tony Storm by the neck and by the legs to to get her knees into her back. It was just it did not look great in in the best way. Like it looked like it hurt a lot. And then Mia starts using a bunch of MMA style submissions where she's got her legs wrapped around her and it's it's cool. Storm is taking most of the offense through the match, but is still like kicking out at two with the uh, Cole trying to explain that she's just kicking out by instinct at this point because she's just so out of it. Uh she evens things when she uh kicks uh, Mia in the taped hand because if you don't remember Mia got you know kind of punched the ring post early on and really screwed up her hand. So we had that. Um then after kicking her in the hand she does a headbutt and they both fall down. So things got evened up. Tony uh, and Mia started having a slap fight when they got to their knees, and and Tony was fired up and getting the momentum, but then Mia quickly got it back and uh, continued to, to hit like big, powerful moves that just were not getting that three count. So eventually, what happened was uh, Mia tried to get. Tony into a uh, a hold, trying to wrap her up, and Tony grabs her injured hand and kind of like mess, like twists it, messes it up, which leaves an opening for a quick German suplex into the Storm Zero, which is a uh, Tiger Bomb, and Tony Storm picks up the win and advances. So, congratulations! We have our semifinals set up. It's going to be, I believe it's Rhea Ripley and I don't remember. The point is the semifinals are, I didn't write down, the point is the semifinals are set up, happening next week, but unfortunately I will not be able to cover it. I'll just have to spoil it and tell you next week who are going to be in the finals because that's, it's going to happen at Evolution a week from Sunday. But yeah, that's a uh, that's it for heel turn. It's it's been a it's been a long week, so you now I've been talking nonstop for the past few days. So tried to move things along quickly this week. But this has been a production of ProWrestling.cool. It's not just cool; it's dot cool. It's a website where we cover professional wrestling. And it's cool. Go figure. Uh. By next month, we will have our new weekly WWE feature on the site. Uh, we, tr- we continue to track win-loss statistics and put those up and rank them for you. And, of course, this podcast, Heel Turn, it goes up there. Make sure you check it out. And uh, if you enjoy what we do and want to help us continue to do it, by us, I mean me and occasionally Trace which he and I need to schedule a time to uh, record another podcast. Uh, 
possibly next week before I leave, but I don't need to get into that. If you want to support the site, go to patreon.cool and subscribe for as low as a dollar a month, which pretty much equates to 25 cents an episode, and you get the show notes. I write up detailed notes about all the shows that I'm reading from over here, and you get to see all that. A little behind-the-scenes stuff for helping us support, help supporting and helping me continue to run this ship, which I appreciate. Uh, Ryan in the chat says wrestling isn't cool. Um, some wrestling is cool. In fact, if clearly you weren't listening to the parts about the Mayon Classic and NXT, those are cool shows. Raw isn't. Saudi Arabia isn't. SmackDown kind of is. It's hit and miss, okay? This isn't the best period of wrestling. Give me a break. But yes, Ryan is one of our... uh, one of the people that helped support the site, so you know, want to thank him, and I want to thank all of you out there who support us over at Patreon.cool. Um, what else? Uh, social media. But also, I should point out that you can hear this podcast over at Zonecasts.com as well. Uh, that's the home of the Takes Bakery, which is a nightmare podcast I do with our pal Oscar. Uh, I'd Rather Not, an improv comedy podcast that I do with a bunch of cool guys. And, uh, I, I guess that's all the podcasts besides Heel Turn right now. There were other ones. There was another one. There might be other ones in the future. You'll just have to stay tuned. But, uh, yeah, besides that, uh, social media, Facebook, search for ProWrestling.Cool. Um, or go to facebook.com slash pwdotc twitter at the heel turn and at pwdotc uh, you can also subscribe to us on youtube where I, I'm trying my best to get up the archives of the video version of heel turn which is the show that you're listening to right now so look that up I mean Ryan writes in the chat quoting me, that's a podcast I do with Oscar, I'd rather not. It, it's true, I really would not like to do the Nightmare podcast with Oscar where he tells me bad opinions. But I'd do it, because people enjoy it. I, it it's a personal hell for me, but hey, I, I aim to please. Uh, if you want to follow me on Twitter personally and tell me that I'm doing an okay job at running this ship, you can do so at the underscore ozone. Can the next one be... Alright, Ryan, you're trying You're trying to talk about the Takes Bakery and the milk and bags thing. Uh, Oscar's already approached me about that topic. I think... Oh, he, of course, he loves uh, milk and bags because he's a Canadian weirdo. I get it. I don't. I'm not going to argue that it's a valid way to carry milk. It's. I have no problem with milk in a bag. So it wouldn't be much of an argument. I just go, yeah, I, I get it. I'd rather mine be in a uh, a jug, but whatever. Ryan, if you want to argue with Oscar, 
about milk in a bag, you can t- either check out the Ozone Online Discord or go to Osaga the Great on Twitter. Unfollow, dang. I mean, you don't, you don't even follow that podcast. Give me a break, Ryan. We'll talk about this off the air. You you can have your problems. Like I said, I'd re- I would I prefer not to do milk in a bag. I've never had it, but I'm sure it's fine. That's it. No no more milk talk unless we're talking about Kurt Angle. We'll be back next week. Once again, it's gonna the the live episode will be on Tuesday. The podcast version will go up on Wednesday. It'll it'll be focused on WWE Evolution instead of, since the whole traveling out of the country thing is happening Wednesday night. So hopefully hopefully it's a good episode. Hopefully, you know, on Monday and Tuesday they build up to evolution and add some like good matches instead of throwing everyone into a battle royal. Which if you check out social media, all the women being put in this battle royal don't seem very happy about it. We'll hear more about that next week. So, uh, that's it. Uh, make sure you're here next week, next Tuesday. We're gonna aim for 10 o'clock for the live episode after SmackDown. And, um, until then... This podcast is a part of the Zonecast Network, produced and edited by Owen Douglas. Find more of our shows at zonecast.com.